Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We're so glad to have you here today as we talk with an old friend and uh, someone who's recently returned to the Lifeway Kids team, Isaac Kirstead. Isaac, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Chuck? So glad to be here. I should say welcome back to the podcast. You've been on a couple <laughs> times, uh, maybe oh, yeah. not in the recent past, but you've been on a couple times before. But you, Isaac, you have had uh, kind of... I don't know if this is the right word, but I'm going to use it anyway. You've had a long and storied career with Lifeway. We have a history <laughs> that's a, together. That's very accurate. So you, I'm going to let you tell a little bit of this story. Your, was your first connection with Lifeway your involvement at Centra Kid Camps? Is that right? Yes. So it was I, ooh, like eight, nine years yeah, ago. Yeah, a long time I, ago. I uh, came on as a uh, host um, for Centra Kid Camp. So I got to be a stage host for a whole summer. Then I was a camp pastor for a summer. And then I ended up actually uh, coming into the office as a full-time camp director uh, during the year. So I got to help with the office team, do some graphic design, and I got to direct camp for two years after that. This is a, this is a great opportunity for us to give a plug for Centra Kid and for all oh, of absolutely. our Lifeway camps, Lifeway Kids camps and student camps. And so Centricate is something that we have had so many wonderful people who have come into Lifeway and into ministry in the church who have come in or started into ministry with, with our kids camps. Um, Jeremy Eccles, who leads our Centricid camps, has such a great heart and vision for training up young people and young leaders. And so oh, producer sure. Trey came in through camps and you and a lot of our other friends who are in the company have come in that way. So it's awesome, Isaac, that that was what brought you into camp. And there's something about you that just when I think about you and interact with you, I think people think of you as Isaac is like a camp guy. If you're talking about like different <laughs> personalities that people have, right? You can have, oh, that's an office person. You know, that that person is uh, whatever they are, right? They're, but you're a camp guy just in general. Your energy is camp-like. Do you, do well, you that's take a huge that, compliment. I was going to say, do you take that as a oh, compliment? absolutely. That is like the best compliment I could ask for right there. And I think, you know, I would, I would welcome that too. I'm actually, as we talk, I'm wearing a Century Kid t-shirt. So I like when I'm not like having to be on in the office, I want to be a camp guy. I just love camp. Oh, I look forward to summer every, I'm still so blessed that they let me come teach at camp as a camp pastor and return in that capacity. And I'm excited. Actually, I get to take some kids to camp this summer. So I'm excited to be on that That's side of the experience as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love my opportunities to go and pastor at camp. Also, listeners, if you're not doing camp, let's make this an official plug. Check out centricid.com, C-E-N-T-R-I-K-I-D.com, centricid.com. And that's where you can find out about dates and rates and availability. Uh, there's still time if you hurry to get into camp this year. And I know that if you, uh, even if you're not ready to take campers this summer, Summertime is a great opportunity for you as a leader to go and visit camps for a day. Uh, so Century Kid. And then I would also point you guys to Student Life for Kids. And so Student Life for Kids and Century Kid are both wonderful camp opportunities that, that our friends here at Lifeway put on. And so we would direct you there to check those out. There's our plug for that. So Isaac, so then you came yes. into the office and you were, you were in a couple different roles in the Lifeway Kids yeah. team. And, but, so but I, go ahead. 
Oh, yeah. So I did some marketing. Uh, I did graphic design for marketing. And then I actually got to do three years as a part of the VBS team doing their graphic design. And that was that was amazing. I love that team. I love the work that I got to do. I got to do some motions videos. So I still got to be camp and I still got to have some crazy fun with that. But yeah, tons of fun and just really cool to see the impact that VBS can have as we did trainings and all sorts of things like that. And, and it's, again, such a great fit for your energy and your personality. Our VBS team is one of the most fun. VBS is one of the most fun things that we do. Camp and VBS, they're just super fun. Highlight of the summer, whether it's at your church or at a camp location. And so anyone who's run LifeWay VBS, who's listening to the podcast, may very well recognize you as the guy who leads the motions. You've done motions and movement for our choreography, for videos, for a lot of years for VBS. So I want the listeners to know they may have met you at camp they may have seen you in vbs but then isaac you took a, a hiatus we'll call it that because you're back <laughs> where you you left us for a short time and you yes. went back and you have been serving in a church tell us about your service in the local church where you've been and what your role's been there yeah, so for the last two years, I've been serving at the Bridge Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee, um, as the kids director, and it has been um, one an amazing learning experience. Just being a part of a church that has been growing, that has been trying to figure out where kids ministry is going, and being able to lead a team that way with um, just casting vision for where this growing ministry gets to go, um, and also just being able to pour into volunteers, being able to love them through uh, the through the pandemic, through all of that stuff, being able to just invest in them, not only as people serving in a kid's ministry, but actually leaders in the church. And that's been such a cool experience that I've got come and grown through, but also just learned a lot from them along the way. Another thing that I really got to do that I absolutely loved is one of the things when they hired me was they said, hey, we want it to be camp every week here. Ooh, uh, camp like. Hey, that group. sounds like you, yes. Isaac. I know exactly. So uh, we want to um, do. We want to make it feel like camp. We want to make it feel like VBS every single Sunday. So that was one of the mandates, the uh, tasks that I was um, given by the leadership of the church to try to do every Sunday is make it have that energy, make it have that um, importance, have that almost like gravitas of hey, this is a point where kids are going to experience the gospel. We want to put all of our efforts into this Sunday, and then we're going to do it the next Sunday and the next Sunday. And I absolutely love that. Where every week feels like camp, every week has a flavor of VBS and excitement and energy. That's awesome. I think that's such a wonderful approach to engage kids and get their attention. And when kids are having fun and they're relaxed and, they're, and, and you can uh, draw them in in that way, using some of those skills that you've developed with camp and VBS <laughs> to, to draw those kids in and engage them and then get them focused so that they can hear and receive the word. Uh, as you teach each week, I, I realize, Isaac, I gave a great plug to CentraKid with CentraKid.com and, of course, Student Life for Kids. I, for, I neglected to mention LifeWay.com slash VBS. LifeWay.com slash VBS. Listeners, <laughs> if you have not yet selected your VBS, go now. LifeWay.com slash VBS and learn all about Spark Studios. 
in what we are doing this summer with Spark Studios VBS. You can listen to music there. By the way, Isaac, did you know that now you can listen to Lifeway uh, VBS music on whatever smart device you listen to? Oh, I am very aware. My wife is very aware because it comes on in the car. Like, we'll, I'll <laughs> auto connect. And she's like, what are you listening? I'm like, oh, it's Spark Studios. So, it's fine. Which it's is fine. awesome, right? Because right now, listeners, as Isaac and I know, you can say, hey, Siri, or OK, Google, or Alexa, play Spark Studios VBS music. And it will. And as I do that, my Siri is now trying to – it's playing the music <laughs> – because my phone my is Alexa sitting behind next to me. me just like woke That's up hilarious. and was like, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, check out that. Check out those resources. Lifeway.com slash vbs. Okay, good. We got that. Trey, producer Trey is chatting. He's like, "My Alexa <laughs> just started playing it because I said it." Listeners, maybe if you're listening to your podcast out loud, maybe your smart device is playing too. That's a great way to hear the music and share the music. And uh, whew, there we go. Okay, but. Back to the topic at hand, what those things all have in common, the energy of camp, the, the VBS worship rally is, uh, is something that uh, has this flair, is what we would refer to as large group time. And so I thought it'd be good, Isaac, since you have such great experience and insight into the use, the strategic use of the large group portion of your kids' ministry Let's spend some time just kind of talking about some observations and some tips and some ideas, some things that you have done yourself that you have seen and tried, and some ideas that our listeners might uh, be able to latch onto that they could implement in their own ministry. So first of all, I, I glean, but let me not assume that you are a guy who loves large group. Oh, absolutely. Like large group is... I, it, it is my bread and butter. Like even if I, before I was actually at the church, I loved being able just to, as a volunteer, teach the large group um, section of our Sunday morning. I think it is such a great time for kids to all come together, um, have multiple age groups together, learning from each other and really be able to worship and hear the gospel, hear the truth that they are studying that week and be able to uh, respond to it as a group. A lot of it is the energy the fun, just the sometimes the craziness that can come from large group, but also just the intentionality. The This is what makes it feel like, hey, we are being intentional with these kids in this time to really teach them God's word. And I absolutely love that. So Isaac, let's back up just a little bit and, okay. and have you uh, just explain for the listener that we may have some who are mm -hmm. brand new to ministry, who we're using this term large group as though it's understood. Uh, talk yep. through what a typical, at your church where you just served, what is the typical flow of how you group kids together throughout your hour of program time? Mm -hmm. For sure. So when kids arrive, they actually come, um, they arrive to their small group. So we have it split by different grades and um, the kindergartners are together. The first graders are together. They go and that's where they check in and that's where they get to build those relationships with that small group leader. Some of the time is just coloring, but also some of it's saying, hey, how was your week? How was that soccer game that you told me you were going to have this week? How is that ballet recital? All these things to build relationships 
with the kids even before we jump into the lesson just to make the kids feel welcome as they come in. And that was actually something that I learned a lot from CentraKid because one of the cool things that they do as they come in is every kid's going to get a high five. Every kid's going to get hyped up as they come in. That's a super simple way that they do it at CentraKid to make the kids feel welcome like they are a part of something big. And the way we do that at our church is by having that small group time before we transition to large group. So, and so I there's, I got there's it's a great opportunity for connection, right? When they arrive mm-hmm. and they're received in the small group, first of all, they have a small group leader. So there's a leader yes. that every kid will be will be recognized sure. and acknowledged yes. when they come. And that leader's who's going to be responsible for that child. It's also mm-hmm. a place where they can get connected with friends who are the same age, same stage, uh, in that same group that they'll be connecting in. So great opportunity there as they arrive. Then you move sure. into... So then we have our big countdown. So we have this big five-minute countdown. It plays as soon as the music, we use the same music for the countdown every week. So it's funny because as soon as they hear the music, they all kind of go to the middle of the room. The way we have it is our small groups are on the side, large groups in the middle. So as soon as they hear that countdown music, they head to the middle of the room. They get excited. They watch the countdown video. There's a that screen. Stops. There's a screen. They There's can a screen. See. Oh, yep. yeah. Big, giant projector screen yep. that we have um, at our actually at our uh, Columbia campus. It meets in a gym. They still have the countdown that plays on a TV and they love to, they can still interact with that there. But they do move to the center of the room. We have the countdown. And then after the countdown, that's when the stage hosts or the um, speaker, um, depending on who it is that day, they come up and they get the kids excited. They get them ready. We have a game that we always play. Um, then we jump into sometimes like an object lesson or something that we're kind of looking at to see, hey, this is what we're going to study today. And then we get to jump right into the Bible study. We get to talk about the life application after we jump into the Bible study. And then after that, we get to dive into God's word. And this is one of my favorite parts when teaching the large group, because I've just showed them this really cool story from the Bible that some kids may say, oh, yes, I've heard that before. Sometimes this is the first time they've heard that story. But then I get to connect it back to a Bible verse that's in Scripture and say, hey, this is why this is important. And then that's when we get to have that really great gospel connection. We use Gospel Project. I love it mm. because it always has that gospel connection that we're able to put in at the end of our large group time. And then that's when we get to invite kids to have that response. And that's actually for us. We do worship at the end. I know um, I've been to churches where we do it at the beginning as kind of the intro, but we love to do worship at the end um, as a time of response. So then after that, after worship, we get to pray and then we send them back to their small group rooms to kind of debrief, ask questions, and then play some games, have some fun that all connect back to the lesson. And those small groups, once they go back out to small group, that may just be a circle sitting on the floor in the same big room. It might be carpet squares or it could be separate spaces if you have them. But that For idea sure. that you receive them in small group time, connect them with their leader in group, come into large group where you're doing the bulk of the Bible story presentation, gospel conversations and connections, worship, and mm-hmm. then you're going back to small group for discussion, reflection, application, and response in that setting. So there you go, listeners. Absolutely. Large Small group, large group, small group is what Isaac is doing. There are other ways of doing that, Isaac, right, that may format oh, yeah. differently. Oh, for sure. But for sure. we're going to talk today about the, the importance of that large group component of including that. Some churches may not have a large group time at all. They may enter into mm-hmm. a small group setting and stay there. Uh, but 
there's a lot of reasons why a large group uh, gathering can be really beneficial to your ministry. So yes. with all that context set, Isaac, tell <laughs> us what about that large group. What, what are some things that make a successful large group? How do you know you're doing it right? Yeah. So the first thing that we always look for in a successful large group is finding that right leader. A lot, some of our small group leaders, this is uh, their first time they've taught kids. This is the first time that they've, um, some of them have ever taught the Bible, honestly. So we want to be sure that we take some of that responsibility off of those small group leaders. So finding the right large group leader, finding the right person that you can invest in, is so important to be able to really um, own some of that Bible content, own some of the way that you're able to talk to the kids. So really invest in that large group leader. I think that's going to be the number one priority for this large group time, because then once that happens, you're going to be able to create the fun. You're going to be able to create the energy. You're able to train some of those elements to say, hey, we want this. uh, We want this to be fun. We also want the gospel to be woven through the entire thing. That's going to be the most important thing. So being able to invest in that large group leader is going to be so important. So you mentioned energy. Energy is an important yes. part of it. One, one of those things, Isaac, you and I were recently working on a project and I've, this was cool because I've never done it this way before. And I don't know if you initiated this, but I'm going to give you credit for it. We, one of the oh, things yeah. that we talked about is we actually graphed out the segments mm-hmm. of an, of a ministry, uh, time slot by its energy. We want to, we want to have start with a high energy. We're going to let things kind of drop down a little bit. We're going to go low energy and quiet here. Then we're going to kick it back up. And then very intentional though, about managing the energy. So what sort of energy might you be looking for in that large group leader and, and what sort of variety of energy during large group time? Yeah. So managing the energy of a large group time is very important because you can have, I mean, you can have 20 kids, you may have 125 kids, you may have 200 kids, whatever the size right, So of that's your, a good note uh, that, that yeah. just because we say large group doesn't mean you have to have a hundred kids, right? 20 sure. kids oh, could be a large sure. group, 15 kids. It's gathering Absolutely. together. Yes. That's yeah. so just all the age groups kind of gathering together. I've done large group with 10 kids. We had an eight, eight, we tried to do an 8am service one time. We had 10 kids. <laughs> it was a great time. But, uh, so you can have, yes, large group with all sorts of number of kids, but being able to manage a room of also 125 kids for large group, you need to be sure that you are very much controlling the energy of the room. So that's why we have that countdown at the beginning. That's going to build the energy so high up. And then that's why we go straight into our large group game. Sometimes it's a few people playing from the stage. Sometimes it's everyone playing at the same time and they have to stand up, sit down, whatever with the game. So lots of different ways that you can control that energy, but that's going to be kind of the peak energy. And then as we transition into the Bible story time, the object lesson time, that's when we're able to pull that energy. I don't want to say down, but towards the center Mm. where you're able to say, hey, this is where we want to pinpoint our energy. So that way the kids can hear the gospel, hear the Bible story, hear the truth that they, we want them to hear and be very intentional with it. And one way that I love to do that one of the first things I always train large group leaders to do is do not ask open-ended questions Mm, to a room full of kids because you're going to have that kindergartner that raises their hand and says, tells us 10 minute story about their dog. (laughs) It always happens. I know I can picture the kindergartner in my head right now. (laughs) So having, uh, so one thing that I always train is when you're asking a question, have them actually repeat the answer that you want to say. So 
when we're talking about we're talking about uh Moses. So when we're talking about Moses, say, hey, Moses, he was uh he saw God, God communicated to him through a burning bush. What did he communicate through? A burning bush. That's a way that we can talk about that connection right there. It's an easy way for the kids to call and response. I love call and response. This is another one of those intricate things that I picked up along the way yes. where if you're having a great time, let me hear you say, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Don't say, hey, how was your day today? Because you're going to get 300 different answers from 25 kids. So have them give them a specific response. If you're having a good day, let me hear you or let me see you wave your hands up in the sky. Give them something very specific to do to answer your question. So that way you can control the energy, but you can also continue teaching along the way. So it keeps it from getting out of hand for one, right? Because sure. you get that 10 minute dog story, you've lost control. <laughs> but the other thing it does, and what I love about that call and response method is it lets you plant into the child's minds and have come out of their mouths the a mm -hmm. truth that you want them to retain. So the idea oh, that absolutely. you can say, you know, whatever that is, God loves, loves me. Everybody say, God loves mm -hmm. me. God loves me. Now they're all together. Mm -hmm. They're hearing it. They're saying it. And they're going to remember that better. I love that as a, that's a great uh, tool for that large mm -hmm. group leader to have in their tool bag. And it also makes it very personal. When you're saying, hey, God has a plan for you, 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 and you. Oh, I need some help. Everyone say, God has a plan for me. They get to say, God has a plan for, for me. me. Turn to your yes. neighbor. God has a plan for you. <laughs> God has a plan for you. And it makes it, it's a physical action. It's a verbal action. And the kids get to connect as a part of the lesson. And it's really fun because even like the fifth graders who think they're too cool for school sometimes, they're, they're, they want to interact with that just as much as the kindergartners do. And so that kind of a, that kind of a, of a tool for communication and for teaching, it just doesn't play well in that small group setting, right? Where you like everybody, everybody repeat after me. Uh, but there's yes. something about the energy of large group that really ties together well with the technique of call and response. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. I've, Loved it. It's one, yeah, again, it's one of those fun, centricate things that I picked up along the way, but it's just been such a helpful tool and the toolbox to be able to use. So talk a little bit about how do you transition then? So we've, we've, mm -hmm. uh, we've welcomed them in the countdown ends. We've got a big energy game that we're doing. Everyone's excited. And we talked about not necessarily bringing it down, but bringing it to center so that we can now we've, we've engaged the kids. So everyone is looking at you at the leader. Mm -hmm. They're, uh, they're excited and they're, they're not, you know, staring out the window. They're with you. Now we want to yes. direct them to the primary Bible teaching. In the case of uh, the Gospel Project and many resources, there's a video that, that yes. handles a lot of that teaching. How do you get them settled and in, in transition into that moment of teaching? So there's a few different ways that I found that really helped me. One of them is actually have a Bible right there. And when I grab the Bible and I have them call in response and say, hey, this is the Bible. What is this? It's the Bible. That's kind of going to start. That's honestly something that we, I don't want to say we trained, but it's something they're now used to. When we start talking about the Bible, there's a different reverence that we're going to look at it. And that starts to bring that energy to center. Um, another thing that I like to do is sometimes I'll actually change my body position. So if I'm standing up and I'm being really tall and I'm waving my hands up and down for the game, I might bring like squat just a little bit. I don't want to like make them feel like I'm talking down to them, but I might just get a little bit lower and that's going to give them that, um, 
that actual cue we're saying, hey, we're bringing this energy to center. We're going to be a little quiet. We're going to listen. I always use the, hey, if you can hear me, grab your ear and say, I'm listening. If you can see me, point your eyes, say, I'm watching. That's another one of those cues that kind of brings them to center, says, hey, the crazy energy of this game that we just played, we're now going to start listening. And this is where we're going to really dive in. So a lot of your large group time and generally not yours, but everyone's large group time. Typically there are screens that are, that are involved. Yes. Uh, not yes. always a hundred percent, but most of the time there are screens mm -hmm. that are going to display the Bible verse that we're focusing on or possibly a cue that we're going to transition to sit down or, or, or to lead us in worship. Uh, the screens are kind of instrumental metal in all of that. Um, For sure. it, one of the things that can be a distraction where we can mm -hmm. lose kids in large group time is if we're not prepared to play that video in a way that's yes. a smooth transition, right? 100%. What do you recommend in terms of technology? I know a lot, sometimes the resources, many of them include media that comes on a DVD uh, and, mm -hmm. or as a downloadable file. If you're on a DVD, it's really important that you have that pre-queued up in the menu, right? So that you can 100%. just hit the play button and it goes. Because as soon as you say, okay, everybody sit down. Oh, how does this remote work? Where do I need to go? Ooh, right, you've lost five them. Seconds, you've lost them. They're gone. What are yes. some tips there in managing your media? Yeah, so I think um, running through your media before you actually start large group is so important. I know this has happened to me where I accidentally pulled the wrong pro presenter file uh -oh. one morning and the poor high school student, I cued him for something. I gave him this big cue. All right, guys, three, two, one, hit it. And he looks at me, he goes, and he's like, Isaac, there's no video. Uh -oh. I'm like, oh no. So that was totally a miss on my part. But so be sure that you go through your whole, uh, the whole morning, the whole, a large group presentation before you even uh, before your large group leader even gets on stage. So important. Um, another thing is give huge cues. Uh, we have a group of high school students who are absolute rock stars who run all of our technology for Sunday mornings. And when you put a 14, 15, 16 year old in a tech booth and say, hey, you've got this. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. So one thing that I love to do and I love to train is give them the biggest cue possible. So when you're saying, hey, we're about to read our verse. All right, everyone look at the screen. That doesn't set them up for success. So saying, hey, guys, we're about to jump into our verse. As it goes up on the screen, I want to break this down and start – Giving the, give them about a 20-second buffer to really be able to set them up for success. When we're about to teach our uh, – do our Bible story video, I say, okay, guys, we're about to check out the video on the screen. This is our truth. This is the Bible. This is where it's found in the Bible. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. If you're ready on the count of three, say, hit it. One, two, three. We all say, hit it. He's ready to go because he had 20, 30-second buffer to say, okay, I know where the video is. I know where to click it. I'm good to go. So giving them as much uh, wiggle room as possible just to set them up for success because when they're set up for success, then it does help manage that energy. And it also just makes the whole thing just run so much smoother and the kids are able to pay attention so much better. So a subtle tip that's in there, Isaac, is that it's really good to recruit someone to be a helper, to run your, oh. to run your AV stuff for you. Even if it's yes. simple, right? Cause you can drag those, those files into a, a keynote or a PowerPoint presentation, or maybe oh, yeah. you have media shout or pro presenter or something fancy, even if it's queuing a DVD, 
it can be really helpful for you as that large group leader to not have to be focused on working the technology, but instead to stay yes. focused on the kids, like you're saying. And then even if you have a high schooler that you bring in, they're really capable of running technology, as we know, off a laptop yes. or a computer or a DVD <laughs> player. But uh, to have that helper, that's a great role that can take some of the focus uh, or let your large group leader keep their focus on the kids, not on the technology. Absolutely. And this is like a weird side note, but if for some reason you are by yourself and your uh, kids ministry is able to invest in like a little remote, that's a Just remote, a clicker. Yeah. like a clicker, do that. I've, when we were at a satellite campus, it was me and a laptop for a little while yeah. as we were trying to get people, as we were trying to recruit uh, people and it was me and a clicker and the time that it took me to run behind the screen and hit the space bar versus the time it took me to hit the clicker, that was enough time to completely lose the kids. Yeah. After the first week, I had to run behind the computer. I said, nope, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to get a, we're going to go find a $15, $20 clicker. It's going to be worth it. And yeah, it was a huge game changer At for that. Minimum, get the clicker. If not, yes. oh, get a helper yes, for, for sure. sure. But that's a great way to incorporate other people into your ministry, to older kids into the ministry. Really good ideas. And some of my favorite video that we actually have from large group is not front-facing camera footage for, that one of our leaders took. It's actually of back-facing where we can see the high school students in the back of the room worshiping as they're running sound, as they're running the um computer all doing all that stuff watching them worship is sometimes just as much fun as watching the second graders worship and it's to the same song so it's been really cool to see that impact for them as well so something isaac i know that you do is after you've played that video which carries the bible story itself is told using yes. the video you as the large group leader come back and you kind of recap that but i know that mm -hmm. you're very intentional that you always want to try to create some sort of a gospel connection that that you may not be sharing the whole gospel every week from large group, that may be a bit much every week, but you kind of are reading the room, reading the situation, and you always give an opportunity of some kind to make a connection that could be carried over into small group time. How, how do you yes. connect the gospel in that large group setting? Yeah. So um, using Gospel Project, it honestly makes it very easy because they tee us up for that so well, giving that Christ connection at the end of the lesson is um, it helps me give a super one sentence uh, description of, hey, this is the key point that we need to teach the kids this week. So being able to give that to the large group leader is so important, but also just having that connection of we use the gospel God's plan for me, the five uh, that because I come from VBS, I come camp. from camp. Yep. So yes, it just, it makes, uh, <laughs> it was just right there for me. But uh, so we use the gospel God's plan for me, the um, five steps of how we can respond to God um, and his good news. So being able to maybe just hit one point of that. So maybe as we're studying that story for that week, we're seeing that the we send element of the gospel God's plan for me is super prevalent. So we're going to look at that, but then we're also going to tie it and back and say, Hey, even though we've sinned, God gives us this plan and we can go through all that. So we might not hit all five steps and we might not have the slide every single week up on the screen that goes through the gospel God's plan for me. But we're at least going to kind of glance at it. We're at least going to um, give an invitation. Hey, if you want to know more about what it means to respond to God, 
we want to give you that option. And then that's what leads us actually to worship because we want these kids to not just worship for the fun of it, to bounce around, to be crazy. We want them to worship as a response to this good news. All right, so let's talk about that because that's something, Isaac, that, I, that I've that i watched you and, and seen you, observed you as you have kind of uh, made adjustments in where you place mm-hmm. worship. And so I think a lot of us just kind of following the the outline that, a, that an adult worship service might have, we generally start with worship in big church and move into teaching, but you, you've noted that, that that by moving worship from the beginning where it's hypey to the end where it's more responsive has made a big difference. Tell us about that decision and why you put it where you do. Yeah, so this actually came from a conversation with a bunch of uh, children's ministers. I actually, I think Chuck, you were you might have actually been in that room, but uh, one of those things that um, we kind of came up came out of that saying, hey, as we want kids to be feel welcome in this environment, um, we are very blessed at the bridge to have a lot of first-time guests every week. And one thing that we are noticing is as soon as they get to large group, we're starting to do these songs that most of the kids know the motions for, most of the kids are super engaged with, but some of those first-time guests, they're thinking, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? All these kids are doing the motions. I don't know the motions. I've never heard this song before. And it wasn't a super welcoming thing for them, but it was also something that we were we realized we were using worship as hype not as a response to God. And I think that was the big thing for me is saying, hey, how can we teach kids how to worship? You mentioned earlier that um, doing the VBS motions was something I got to do for a while. And I absolutely love that because as a kid, I was a very uh, tactile, I was a very high energy movement Mm -hmm. learner. So I can still remember some of those motions from when I was nine, 10, and I can because of that, I can remember those Bible verses. I can remember those gospel truths. I remember sitting in college singing Tumbleweed because <laughs> I didn't know which way my life was going and <laughs> thinking, oh my goodness, what's happening? So I those were super important for me. But to be able to learn how to worship through these songs, that was something that I felt like I want to be able to pass to these kids. I want these kids to learn not only how to worship, what worship is, and that it is giving glory to their heavenly father. And that is so exciting that we are able to um, invite kids to be able to do that. So that's why we moved it to the end is to make it a true response to what they have learned, not a way to bring up energy. We can do that through games. We can do that through activities, but we want worship to actually be worship. And that's been really cool to see. We've actually seen engagement go up a lot. At the beginning, they're like, oh, this is just a fun song. We were having some trouble with the third, fourth, fifth graders kind of buying into some of that worship time. But now that we've said, hey, this is a time where you can worship. If you want to do the hand motions, do the hand motions. If you just want to raise your hand and praise God for the things that he's done for you this week, do that. If you want to stand still and just sing, that is okay Mm -hmm. too. We want to make this a, resp- a response to what God has done for you. And, and it's been really cool to see that. Yeah. And that's, I love that placement of it. Just to, that subtle, like you had talked about how you can, uh, about your own posture when you're standing up big and making big movements, as opposed to when you make yourself a little smaller, how just that subtle change in how you stand can influence the response of the kids in the room. I think 100%. similarly, moving worship to the p- position in your uh, your program flow, where it is, it serves the purpose of responding, 
changes the energy and changes the, the focus around worship. Also, that's a, a, a great time for you to incorporate older kids to be up in oh, front yeah. of the room leading by example. And when we can get some of those older kids, those four, fourth, fifth, sixth graders who may be a little too, you know, it's standing in the back. Otherwise, when we put them in yeah. the front, they can now become leaders in that sense in how we respond. One other thing, Isaac, and and we can close with this. Another component I think that's key in in that large group time and uh, is is introducing and reviewing the memory verse. Uh, yes. That's something that we want every kid in the room at every age level to learn the verse. Uh, and we typically would do that during that large group time so that in small group, you're reviewing the verse rather than trying to teach the verse. Give us a little bit of tips and ideas about how you might use large group time to help kids learn and retain the memory verse. Yeah. So one thing that we go into um, the week, especially with the memory verse, is pretend like the kid has never heard this verse before the first two times that you go through it. So we have kids that sometimes they're not there every week. So going in, knowing that there are going to be kids that this is their first time ever hearing this verse. We don't want to, even if it's the fourth week we've done this verse, we don't want to start off saying, okay, everyone say the verse with me. So we always start with a repeat after me where we do parts of the verse, they repeat after us. We'll do that once. We'll do it. We'll start with it quiet and then we'll get loud. So that way we pretend like the um, adults in the auditorium can hear us. And then we'll do boys versus girls one week. Sometimes we'll all say it like a robot together. Sometimes we'll do it with T-Rex motions. So we pretend like we have little T-Rex arms and we're trying to do the motions with little T-Rex arms, all sorts of things, tons of fun um, to do it. And one thing that I love about that is when we're doing it with the robot voice, when we're pretending like we're singing it, when we're doing all of these fun versions of the verse is the kids don't always realize, hey, we're saying the gospel truth over and over and over. It's actually one of those write, write it on our heart moments where the kids are learning it and they're having a great fun time doing it. And then as soon as they have said the verse five times, that's when I get to say, and this is what it means and why it's important to your life. And I absolutely cherish those moments every week. And in that one example of the verse, we've used fun We've used call and response, we've used repetition, and we've used an engaging leader to reinforce the biblical truth that will stick with a kid. What a cool Mm -hmm. uh, opportunity. Man, large group, Isaac, it makes me want to go do large group. I'm ready to go. You got me fired up. Let's go. Come on. (laughs) You want to volunteer on Sunday? Let's do it. Isaac, thank you so much for your time. We're, uh, as we mentioned at the head of the episode, Isaac now has transitioned back into the Lifeway Kids team. Yes. Yeah. So he is now back on board and is developing content within Lifeway Kids and helping us figure out things like how we can do a, a better job and continue to do a good job in equipping you with things like great large group experiences. And, and ways to engage with kids when you use LifeWay resources. Isaac, I'm thrilled that you're back in the team. Thank you for coming back. And thank you for sharing with us today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Listeners, let me send you back to two, three. I'm going to give you three URLs. Ready? This is big homework for today. One is if you're not going to camp, you need to check out camp. Centrikid.com is a place you can go to find Centrikid, but also look for Student Life for Kids. Uh, Those are both two great camps that we create and produce within Lifeway, and we know that you will love them. Maybe, just maybe, you'll wind up with either Isaac or me as your camp pastor if you go do that. So who knows? Sign up and go check it out. Two, VBS. 
Go to lifeway.com slash VBS where you can find all about Spark Studios. Uh, our theme verse this year is Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I know that verse so well because I learned it in large group time. I did at camp, actually, a couple of years ago. <laughs> Anyhow, Spark Studios, Lifeway.com slash VBS. And the third one is we have a brand new webpage, a brand new homepage for all things Lifeway Kids. It's at Lifeway.com slash kids. That's where you can find the podcast, our blog, all kinds of Bible study and curriculum resources, even training resources that can help you teach your team how to share the gospel using the gospel God's plan, all at Lifeway.com slash kids. Listeners. We are so thankful for you and for the ministry that you do as you serve kids and families in your context. We trust that this episode and others are encouraging to you, and we speak blessing over you as you go and serve the Lord in your church this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.